You're listening to the Dental Life Path, your weekly dose on how to pave your way through dentistry. Meet your host, Dr. Ram Shakiran, here to give you an insight on how to diversify, grow, and stay motivated. And now, this episode is a continuation of our previous conversation with Dr. Anika Aslam, where we got to learn more about how she's been running PADS which is Pakistan Association of Dental Students. She also shared with us the perfect mindset, which encourages growth. And I want to encourage you all to go check out the previous episode, number five, Growth Mindset Ethos with Dr. Anika Aslam. So in today's episode, I'm getting her thoughts and approach towards some real fun things she gets to do while she runs PADS. So let's get to it. So while deciding who's to join in your team, I'm sure you've come across a bunch of CVs. So from your experience of choosing the best ones out, what do you think makes a CV presentable and what can one expect to put in as a fresh graduate? So for writing your CV and to make it look presentable and professional, there are various options available for you. One, you can look for templates for professional CVs and follow them. And then you can write it manually in MS Word in that case if you're going to create it manually so that you have an editable copy in future as well in which you can add more information. Another option you have is there are different websites available online where you can put in your information and it automatically creates a CV out of it for you, including but not limited to Canva, mm-hmm. Adobe Spark. These are few different uh, places where you can create your CV for free. They do have some templates which are paid, but they also have those which are free. So unless you really want to buy one of the templates, you can go for the free ones as well. And they are very professional looking most of the times. As far as the content is concerned of your CV and how to build a CV for that, one thing that I would really like to advise is that First of all, this is something that I've seen many students face, which is that a lot of students don't even know they have experiences to enter into their CV. So sometimes it has so happened that I'll tell you one of the experiences. Once a student messaged me, she said she does not have any past experiences. She doesn't know how to write her CV and she would like some help that what she can do about it. She was applying for a post. So I started asking her about her past experiences myself then instead of taking her word for that because it had happened to me before that students don't even know they have experiences to enter into their CV. So they're not sure what experiences they actually can enter into their CVs. So I asked her if she has ever attended a dental camp. She told me two dental camps she had attended as a participant. And I asked her if she had ever organized anything. She told me that she was working as a head girl uh, during her school time. Then she talked about a few other projects. And then uh, gradually we were able to build a CV for her. So this is the first thing that I would really like anybody to check first that is it that you really do not have any experience to enter or you think you do not if you would like you can talk to someone and that could help you figure out as well but then again it's it's very rare that you will not find anything to enter okay so a very important part of our cvs as people believe it to be is certificates um and since you've held workshops as part of pads What is your take on gathering a handful of certificates? Should certificates be the only goal or workshops hold a greater purpose? 
when we started working on different projects and i recall even the first project i knew for a reason and the reason was i was asked by many students whenever a project is upcoming that will we get a certificate so that already told me that there are going to be students who are only coming in because they would like to get the certificate and me being the kind of person who likes to attend lectures in my lecture halls as well i don't like the idea of people coming and sitting and leaving without listening to anything i don't mind if you just take away one thing back home that's okay but at least one so you know not with the attitude of i'm not going to listen to anything the speaker is going to say at all no matter what happens so not not that kind of attitude at least so to simply answer one part of your question that are certificates the only purpose and should be the only purpose no not at all certificate itself means that you attended this particular session and now you know about it so if you attended a lecture on research methodology then the certificate we are giving you it means that now you know about research methodology and if that person goes to some place gives an interview or just with his or her group of friends let's say and he or she is asked about what she he or she learned in that particular lecture or session about research methodology or or a workshop whatever it is and that person is not able to tell anything at all that's a huge problem on our part so in order to take care of that a few things that we have incorporated sadly not every time a few times for some reason it was skipped but most of the times and almost in all of our online sessions what we have done is we have told all the participants beforehand that we will take attendance so you have to be present for that and then a lot of times you've taken attendance twice so we take attendance in this beginning of the session and in the mid of the session but there's a feature on zoom which helps in this as well and that's how things work second thing that we do is post evaluation forms post evaluation forms are distributed after our sessions so if you have attended any of the lectures or the workshops now you're supposed to fill in the answers it's going to have questions related to the topic that was covered and you were supposed to give right answers and there's usually a passing percentage we change the percentage sometimes it's 80 sometimes it's 70 but there's a passing percentage and then if you do clear it then you get the certificate and in the end what it helps us in is that we are able to create a learning environment during that session because environment matters a lot if there are a few people who are serious about the session but then they find out that the majority is not taking it seriously and they're having a very non serious attitude be it online or in person then it affects the motivation of those people as well so we would like people to go back home feeling very productive we as students should realize sometimes that we do have some shortcomings and we do need to be disciplined sometimes so keeping that in mind just trying our best to help students feel productive towards the end of any of the sessions lastly i want to ask you since you have a huge team that you're running mashallah how do you keep your members and mostly yourself motivated okay so that's that's actually a question that even i have tried to address for my own sake and for others sake a lot of times that how am i supposed to do it because a lot of times i'll give you an example i worked as the president for two and a half years myself currently there is a new leadership working i'm in the supervising council and working as the director general so there's a new president and a new leadership that is actively working on new projects and they're doing the work now for this term and then a new leadership comes in next 
next year, which is also something we have done in order to make the organization sustainable and to also ensure new ideas keep coming in. So whenever you are in a position where you're leading a team, you will feel overwhelmed at times by the thought of giving work to other people and being very careful about not letting other people feel intimidated by anything you're going to tell them. And you feel so much responsibility with regards to that, that you have to draw a line between being nice and sweet, but at the same time being disciplined person yourself and having to maintain the discipline. In the attempt to do all of that, you are so much concerned about the motivation of others. You're afraid that what if someone doesn't feel motivated anymore the next morning and then what happens? Because you, as someone who is leading the team right now, you would really like your team to feel good because work is work. But then if they're not feeling good about being in the team, if they're not feeling good about the people they're working with and they're having problems, that becomes a huge issue. That has always, always been one of my major concerns. And for myself, like you asked, try to always remember why we started. I always try to go back because when things keep happening and the organization keeps growing, you can always lose track of what was the purpose. So you also can't forget that. Second of all, how I keep myself motivated is when I see other people in various teams achieving a lot professionally and personally. It makes me extremely happy and I think I don't need any other kind of motivation whenever I think about those times whenever I think about those people who have improved so much by just being part of the organization whether they were in a leading position or part of a workforce they all have somehow achieved something personally or professionally or both so for me that becomes almost enough to keep myself motivated another thing that keeps me motivated a lot of times is how we impact big or small it doesn't matter as long as there's some amount of impact on the society in terms of how a dentist is perceived, how oral health care is perceived, and in order to raise awareness. And for students, I always tell them the same things. At the same time, we mentioned the plan of actions. So since everybody in the leading position, especially, so for them, they have their own plan of action. So when they enter the organization, it's not like there's going to be a boss who's going to tell them everything they're going to do. In fact, they're going to get a chance to write their own plan of action. So they're so many brains who will have their own ideas. Those ideas are addressed, they are discussed with other people in the leadership as well. Everybody gets to know about it and everybody gets to give an input in order for there to be any kind of improvement if required. And then they get to implement those in their own capacity. So, for example, someone writes about green dentistry, reduce, reuse and recycle. So someone wants to work on that. So I think if that person has written that in their plan of action themselves, they feel highly motivated about that. That is why they wrote it. So as long as they keep going back to why they started, why they entered, what motivated them, so it keeps them motivated a lot of times. Super thoughtful of you, Dr. Anika. So any parting words of wisdom you'd want to share with our audience? One thing that I always have emphasized in different team meetings is that I tell them that if it's something that you learn that you should not have done. So you're regretting doing something, for example, any kind of regret it is, maybe you should not have done this or that. That's also an achievement. So figuring out things you should not be doing is also an achievement. So don't worry about failing in anything or whatever the result is, good or bad, it's, it is going to be a lesson for you and it is going to be an experience which you would not trade for anything else, inshallah. So be honest and that will be the case. <laughs>